Amen. Well, thank you, team, for leading us in worship. It was a great time. Really loved it. And uh, well, today we're in uh, the third week of our essential series. And our essential series is we're looking at what, ma- what is uh, the essential parts of what makes the evangelical faith the evangelical faith. And because the word evangelical gets thrown around a fair bit in lots of different ways, that it would be good for us to have an understanding of what are the important things that make us evangelicals. We started off on the first week to say that a part of what we do has a, a high view of Scripture, that we, um, we look at Scripture as God-breathed, which means that we, we believe it was inspired when it was written and it gets inspired by the Spirit when we read it. And it's there for correction, it's there for teaching, and it's there for right, right living. And, and so we explored what it meant to have a high view of Scripture. Last week we talked about the atonement. And the atonement means, was talking about the fact that in Jesus, the sac- his sacrifice, his death and his resurrection is God's way of saying, you don't have to take the punishment for yourself. I'm going to do it all for you. And all you need to do is step in into my love and my grace. That we don't have to try and be good enough and work at at trying to appease God, but God has done the work and the action of redemption for you and for me. And that we look at that whole concept of atonement and we say, this is why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life and nobody else can come to the Father except through me because no other way has a way of dealing with sin the way that Jesus did it on the cross. And so we hold that up as essential. And today we're going to be looking at baptism and, bap- and two types of baptism, um, the baptism in water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit as, um, as indicators that God uh, doesn't want us to stay where we are, but God wants to transform our lives. And so uh, we hold it essential that Scripture, that God speaks through it, God guides us, God corrects us through Scripture, that what Jesus did on the cross is central to who we are and what we believe, and the outworking of that is a transformed life through baptism. So we're going to read a a little bit of um, uh, John's uh, Gospel this morning and a few other passages around the place. This is going to put this into a little bit of a a framework for us. So um, John 3, uh, 1 to 8 is where we're going. So just before the famous John 3.16, we're stopping a little bit shorter, but it's the same context. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, which means teacher, he said, uh, We all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And all the women said, true right. (laughs) 
That's just nasty. And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born, unaligned this, of water and the Spirit. Humans can only produce human life, but the Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. So here we have an interesting story of of Nicodemus coming to Jesus in the dead of night. And now that's interesting in itself. We we don't know why Nicodemus is coming um, because he comes in the bed of night and he basically says, Jesus, we know that you're a teacher. We see all the things that you do, but he doesn't actually ask a question. Jesus just goes into an answer, which is very unlike Jesus because Jesus loves asking questions. But he doesn't, Nicodemus doesn't even get a question out. It's not like the, the young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, what do I must, must I do to have eternal life? He just comes and says, I, I know that you're, you're of God. And, he, and then Jesus jumps straight into an explanation. You've got to be born again. And there's something there about that for me that I look at and go, there's a yearning in Nicodemus for something greater than what he has. That's why he's coming to Jesus. And that's why he's coming in the middle of the night. He was a religious leader at the time. He knew all the law. He knew all about the Jewish spirituality and and what it meant. But he saw something in Jesus. He saw what Jesus did. And he saw how Jesus behaved. And some kind of yearning, I believe, hit his soul and said, what is that? I need that. I want that. I've got to have that. So taking up aside his fear of being confronted by other religious people who wanted to push Jesus onto the sidelines, he comes to Jesus in the dead of night with this yearning within his soul. And I just love the fact that that yearning within our souls is still what God uses today to bring people to his feet. And maybe today you're here with a yearning within your soul. And maybe you're coming with a yearning that that there's got to be more to what you're experiencing in your relationship to God, what you have right now. Maybe... Your yearning is for a new start, a a new beginning, a a freshness to come into your life. For me, when I came uh, to Jesus for the very first time, uh, it was a yearning of purpose. Surely there's got to be more. And some of you I spent time with you, some of you, uh, some people of this church I've been praying with, there is, a, there is a yearning for God to take hold of the mess of their life and somehow breathe new life into it. There's a yearning of purpose and direction or, or wholeness that we carry within us. The old adage is that there's a God-shaped hole in all of us that only God can feel. It's beautiful. 
because it's true. And if we have a yearning inside of us either for a deeper relationship with God or to have a fresh start and a a new way forward in life, all those things are what Nicodemus comes to Jesus with, I believe. He's been stuck in the religious system for a long time, but yet there is a yearning deep down inside of this got to be more. And so Jesus points him back to chapter 1 of John's Gospel. It's not literally, but... Points him back to the fact that, that he needs to be born again of water and of spirit and... And the leap he's taking there is to John the Baptist, where John the Baptist is coming and he is baptising people in the baptism of repentance. He's baptising some, come and let God deal with your sin. And and he's putting him under. And that's when Jesus came to him. He goes, you don't need to be baptised. And Jesus says, do it otherwise or I'll thump you. No, he didn't say that. Just checking if you're listening. It was a baptism of repentance. And John changed the baptism from uh, the baptism of purity to the baptism of repentance. Baptism originally happened as when you were unclean and when you needed to go to the, to the, um, to the temple to be declared to you. Maybe you had a, a medical issue, a skin disease, or, or you had done some sort of sin, you had to do the sacrifices, and, and the priest would declare that you were clean. A part of that declaring you were clean was to immerse yourself in water and be baptised. And as you came out of the water, you would be declared clean, and then you'd be able to re-enter into the community of God. And John, as he was down in the murky rivers, it was probably a lot cleaner back then, of the Jordan. And as he was putting people under and bringing them up, he was saying, God now makes you clean and you can enter into the community of God. And he took what was inside the temple and he took it outside the temple so that all people could come. And, and if you remember the story, you see John seeing the Pharisees come down the hills and said, who told you, you brood of vipers? I love John. He had such a good mm, passion about him. Who told you that you should come here and be saved? And so the baptism of water moved from a, a symbol of being clean and being able to step into Uh, the community of God by going through the ritual to you being clean by going through the acceptance of what God wants to do for you, which is a totally new thing. And so as John was baptising, the scripture says he was making a way for Jesus. He was preparing people's hearts for what Jesus wanted to do. And ultimately, as we explored last week, what Jesus wanted to do was to atone for their sin, one sacrifice for all time, for everyone who wants to accept what Jesus has done. And so the symbolism that we have today of the baptism of water is, is us saying yes to the atonement. Yes, that it is God who has done all the work to bring us back into community with himself. Yes, to dying with Jesus 
as he died and rising again in Jesus as he rose again. All those symbolisms are in, bapt uh, in baptism. And when Jesus says you've got to be born again in the water, he's saying the only way you can come to God is through the atonement of what I'm going to do on the cross for you and for me. Let's take a breath. And so in this uh, coming to Christ, like many of us have done time and time again, and as we are seeing people do now, what we're saying to people is enter into the fact that God wants to transform your life through accepting what he did on the cross and by going into the water and out of the water. Now, there's nothing special in baptism in itself other than it is a public declaration of what God is doing inside you. It, it is a, a public declaration of what God has done for you. It is you making a, a personal response to the atonement. You're saying, I, I no longer see that as just something out there. Now it is something in here. Then I'm going to accept that Jesus died for my sin and I'm now going to live for God. But that is not where transformation happens. That's where transformation begins. The baptism or the atonement is the doorway for you and for I to enter into the presence of God. That's why the baptism of John was John making a way for Jesus. The baptism of water is the doorway that we enter into. It is not the transformation of God in your life. It is allowing yourself to enter into his presence and God into you and allowing that transformation, the ability for that transformation to work, but it is just the doorway. What we need for the transformation to work within you and I is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as Paul says, it is, it is being transformed with the renewing of our mind and the renewing of our heart. And that can only happen by the Spirit of God starting to come inside of us and transform us and renew us and, and guide us. And that's why having a high view of Scripture is so important. And as we uh, allow the Spirit of God to do a work in our lives, it is that Spirit of God who starts to change us and make us more like Jesus. It's God's Spirit joining with our spirit um, and, and, and doing a work in us. This is what Romans 8, uh, 14 and 16 says. For all who are led uh, by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's pretty cool. So you're not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we can call Abba Father, which means Daddy Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit 
to affirm that we are the children of God. So we can enter into the doorway of water baptism, of atonement, of believing what Jesus has done. But until we have God's spirit in us that joins with our spirit, that's where the community happens. That's where communication happens. That's where God's spirit can start to move us and mould us and shake us. And there we know that God is our father. great. We were uh, having a prayer meeting with staff a couple of weeks ago and the Holy Spirit just fell in the meeting and all of us could sense that God's presence was there. And all of us could just sense that God was at work and God started to speak to us individually and God started to do a work and we just stopped the prayer session after a while and we thought, wow, There's some transforming things that happened as God started to speak to each and every one of us. At Alpha Course a couple of weeks ago, we were were standing and we're doing the Holy Spirit night and we're praying and the presence of God fell and people were falling uh, to the floor, not in the crazy style, just in a normal kind of style, if there's a normal falling kind of style, where the presence of God just was so tangible. And we can be like Nicodemus, can't we? We can be like, we can be afraid coming to Jesus in the middle of the night of all the the Holy Spirit stuff. But what I want to put to you tonight, it doesn't have to be la-di-da-di-da. What it needs to be is you saying, yes, God, I need you to transform my life. Holy Spirit, come again. And, and, And in Ephesians 5, when... When Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, the Greek says, keep on being filled with the Spirit. And so as every day we've got to stand up and say yes to Jesus, we're, going to, we're not going to die to ourselves and we're going to live afresh in you every single day. You are my God, I'm going to renounce the lordship of my life and I'm going to let you be God in my life. I'm going to let you direct you, I'm going to let you make my life make sense. Just like we need to do that every day, likewise every day we're going to invite the Spirit of God to do that renewing work within us, that transforming work within us. And wouldn't we all love just to say a magic prayer and, and everything changes? You know, we've got this problem with sin or we've got this problem in our life and we would just love to do a, a magic prayer. Come, God, deal with it. And, and, and all of a sudden, it just miraculously all changes. That would be nice. But what we see that as we submit ourselves to what Jesus has done and we allow the Spirit of God to continue to strengthen us and renew us. Then God makes a way and God starts to change around those hard situations. So I'm wondering if there are some people here this morning who you've been travelling in faith for a long time but for some reason or not or not, you're feeling a little bit dry. Or maybe there's a yearning that, that there is something deep inside of you, and this happens to me regularly, 
that God can do more by his spirit through me than what I'm seeing at the moment. And sometimes I try to rationalise what God uh, has put this yearning inside of me about because I want to see people healed. I want to see lives transformed. That's a part of how God's made me. And, and, I, and, I, and I have this yearning inside of me saying, God, we've seen a little, but, but bring more. And maybe you've got a yearning inside of you that God wants to do more through you and you don't know how to articulate it. You don't know necessarily how it's ever going to happen because you know what you is like. And maybe you're fearful of what that means, but I want to, I want to implore you this morning. It is only through the, the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit that that's ever going to happen. And maybe there's some of you who have a yearning to do that, but you've been trying to do ministry in your own strength. You've been trying to heal people's lives in your own strength. You've been trying to make a difference in your own strength and you just ran out of steam. And so you have this calling to make a difference, but you're trying to do it in your own strength and not in the strength of the Spirit and you're running out of juice. I've been there too. And I want to say to you this morning, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, a fresh injection, a fresh strength, a fresh transformation to let go of you trying and allow God to work is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again in water and of spirit, or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He's saying this. Step through the door of transformation. The, the, the door of atonement. The door of letting God be God in your life. Because you know that you make a lousy God. Because you've tried. I've tried. And then step into allowing God to do the powerful things in your life instead of you trying to do them. And so we need the water and the Spirit. And we've got a little story in Acts chapter 19 that just highlights this beautifully. And while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul travelled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. There's some people in the church that have never heard that there's a Holy Spirit, can I say. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They replied, the baptism of John. And Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard that, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. The water and the Spirit. 
allowing God to be God of your life through the repentance of sin by accepting what Jesus did on the cross and the, and the Spirit being infilled with the Spirit of God to do that transforming work within you. It is not self-help. It is not you trying to do it in your own strength. It is about allowing God to do the work within you. So today, maybe you're yet to allow God to redeem you. But there is something inside of you that is yearning for a different kind of life, to be made whole, to to be healed. There's something inside of you that goes, my life is messed up. I need something new and something fresh. And step into the waters of God's atonement and redemption for your life. And, but maybe today you're here and, and you've been travelling with Jesus for a while, but you're thinking that your relationship with God should be more than what it is. You've been trying to do ministry in your own strength. You've been trying to be good in your own strength. that God calls you into a baptism of a refreshing of his spirit to empower you and to strengthen you and transform you. To make you more into the sons and the daughters that he's called you to be. An essential part of the evangelical faith is that God transforms lives. And he does it through the water and through the spirit. And so we hear out Jesus' words that have been twisted and manipulated. Be born again. Don't try and do it in your own strength. Let God do the work inside of you and me. Will you stand with me, please? I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Um, yeah, I think I need you, Ben. Thanks, mate. Always need a good Ben in your life. <laughs> I believe there are people in this room who are ready to say yes to Jesus, maybe for the first time or again. Maybe you've been in this building for a long, long time and you've been putting it off, but you know that you need the redemptive work of Jesus Christ in your life. And, uh, and I want you to come forward this morning uh, to the front uh, where we can pray for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. I know it's scary and I know that you would love to be like Nicodemus and do it in the middle of the night. But today we're going to do it in the broadness of daylight. And so when we sing the last song, if that's you and God is making your chest pound, your heart pound out of your chest, you're going, yes, I need Jesus, then I want you to come forward. And if there is a yearning deep inside of you for more of God, 
that you've been walking with God for a while, but it's got dry, or you've been doing it in your own strength, or you, you wonder how God can do what God says he can do, and you know there's more. Right now, I want to pray for you, and I want you to stick your hands in the air. So every, every eye is closed. If you want more, I'm just going to ask the Spirit of God to fall upon you. So stick up your hand and say, God, I want you to move in me. Sick of doing it in my own strength. Sick of doing it my own way. I need your spirit. I need to be baptized afresh and anew. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We know it's not any magic prayer, but it's purely your presence. And so for everyone, Lord, who has their hands in the air right now, Lord, we just enthrone you as King and Lord again in our lives and we say, Holy Spirit, come. Renew, pour out your Spirit inside each and every one of them. Come in power. Come in might. Come and renew. Come and refresh. Breathe your breath upon us, Lord. For you are God and we love you. And we want you to do so much more inside of us than what we've allowed up to this point in time. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Move right now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Just stay in an attitude of worship as we sing this next song.